Ruin My Childhood. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ruin My Childhood, the podcast where you decide if some things are better left in the past. I'm Mike. And I'm Kat. And Kat, what are we going to be watching in a little bit and talking about? Disney's animated Tarzan. Tarzan. I've actually been wanting to do this one for a little bit, um, just because this is kind of one of the the animated renaissance Disney films that wasn't a huge hit. It's the last of the Disney renaissance yeah, films. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, many people consider it to be the last of the, the re- renaissance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, we, we did Hercules. I really enjoyed Hercules. And this was another one of those ones that wasn't as popular. So I'm kind of excited to go back. But what do you remember about it? Man, this was like right in that that sweet spot for me with the the animated classics it's like a a warm fuzzy film for me i loved how tarzan was like this uh dreadlocked surfer dude yeah (laughs) that's the thing that i remember about it as well because um i i think the first tony hawk pro skater game may have come out by this point or maybe it was close to but i remember like skateboarding and surfing was huge for like our age group at that point it was. And um but the thing that I really remember is Phil Collins music. <laughs> the soundtrack slaps. The soundtrack slaps on. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing any of it. Do not. But he, there was at least three bangers on there. And they were on the charts for a long time. For a long time. Very I actually time. heard um one of them on the radio a couple of days ago, and it blew my mind. They were overplayed. They were overplayed for like at a the good time. decade. Yeah, they really were, but they like Phil Collins hit. Just, he he hit it hard, and he yeah. he stuck the landing like nobody's what business. Did he have going that hard for <laughs> a movie None. with that many gorillas um, in it? I this was you know I was going on eleven years old when this movie came out, so I was right on the the tail end of the target demographic for this movie. I think it kind of was our like the older kid demographic though. Yeah, but it was like at that point where like we definitely would want to watch it, but it wasn't going to be one that we watched over and over and over again because we were just starting to get too old quote unquote too old right um because figure we had the mummy and the matrix and we were starting to get into that age where we wanted to watch the more quote unquote adult movies you want to see abs exactly show us your peen <laughs> uh okay <laughs> um but i don't really remember like i remember this movie like graphically being a little like more violent than previous disney movies a little like, bit darker like I remember, I mean, because his parents die at the beginning. His parents die at the beginning, but I remember like the bad guy. I don't remember his name. But the bad guy like hangs himself at the end of the movie, like accidentally, and you see like his body sway. I remember, he kills like a jaguar or a cheetah or something like that. I just remember it being a little bit more brutal than other Disney films. Yeah, but I don't really remember too many of the the major plot points. I just remember he's a kid in it at one point, and then he's an adult. Like, is it just like Human Lion King? I mean, I I remember very little of the plot, but I'm assuming it somewhat lines up with the book that it's based on. Maybe. And one would hope. I would hope so. <laughs> did you know the writer, um, it was Edgar Rice Burroughs? He also did John Carter of yes, Mars. Yes, I did. I actually really like John Carter of Mars. Pretty I should crazy. Read, I should read Tarzan because I actually really did like John Carter of Mars. It kind of falls into in line with all the films like Atlantis and the slightly more grown-up stories that were popular with Disney at this time. Yeah, they definitely were were growing up. Um, I'm really excited to see this one because I know I have a feeling it'll be one that as we watch it, the nostalgia will come back and I'll start remembering a little bit more of it. Um, 
But yeah, I'm ready to go watch it. What about you? Me too. Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents Tarzan. Coming June 18th to theaters everywhere. All right, we're back. Uh, we just watched Tarzan. Um, a little bit about the movie before we get into it, but this was uh, directed by uh, Chris Buck, uh, who's famous for Frozen, Frozen 2, and he was also the writer on Pocahontas. Um, and also Kevin Lima, who did um, a goofy movie, Enchanted, and he was one of the writers for Aladdin and Oliver and Company. So definitely a Disney pedigree with the directors. Um, this was written by Tab Murphy, who wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame, Atlantis, uh, Brother Bear, Teen Titans Go, and Batman Year One. Bob, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Sudiker. Sudiker. He wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame and Anastasia. And um, Nani White, who also wrote Hunchback of Notre Dame and Anastasia. Uh, pretty good critic score on Rotten Tomatoes at 89%. Uh, the audience score was a little lower at 75%. The soundtrack, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the budget of this movie was $130 million, and, but it made $448 million worldwide. I don't actually know if that's like big or small for an animated budget. At, at the time, it was the most expensive animated film ever made. Damn. Um, apparently, I, I know a little bit about why. Why? We'll get into that after. Let's <laughs> do CGI, folks. Yeah. Um, in 1994, when a Goofy movie was nearly finished, Kevin Lima was approached to direct Tarzan by then-studio chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg, big player. Katzenberg wanted to have the film animated through the Disney Television Animation Division with the new animation studio established in Canada. Lima was reluctant to the idea because of the animation complexities being done by inexperienced animators. Following Katzenberg's re resignation and him joining DreamWorks to produce Shrek, Lima was again contacted about the project by Michael Eisner, who decided to have the film produced through the feature animation division at that time. Lima signed on. He approached his friend Chris Buck, who had just wrapped up work as a supervising animator on Pocahontas, to ask if he would be interested in serving as the co-director. Buck was initially skeptical, but accepted after hearing his ideas for the film. I guess it was that uh, that surfer Tarzan that, that really got him. <laughs> Glenn Keane, the supervising animator, was inspired to make Tarzan surf through the trees because of his son's interest in extreme sports, and he began working on a test scene. The directors expressed concern that Tarzan would be made into a surfer dude, but when Keane revealed the test animation to them, they liked it enough to use it in the film during the Son of Man sequence. <clears throat> with movements inspired by skateboarder Tony Hawk. Although he's like still kicking. He's he's still, old as dirt and he's still going. He still shreds. Although Keen initially thought that Tarzan would be easy to animate because he only wears a loincloth, he realized he would need a fully working human musculature while still being able to move like an animal. To figure out Tarzan's movements, the Paris animation team studied different animals in order to transpose their movements onto him. They also consulted with a professor of anatomy. This resulted in Tarzan being the first Disney character to accurately display working muscles. Wow. <laughs> which is funny because like he, he like walks on his knuckles, which humans can't actually do. But anyway, um, <laughs> Brendan Fraser auditioned twice for the title character before portraying the lead role of George in the Jungle. Tony Goldwyn auditioned for the role as well. And according to co-director Kevin Lima, Goldwyn landed it because of the animal sense in his readings, along with some, quote, 
killer baboon imitations. (laughs) For the signature Tarzan yell, Lima and Buck desired the traditional yell, although Goldwyn faced difficulties with providing the yell, stating it's really hard to do physically. His co-star Brian Blessed, who played Clayton, the villain, ultimately provided the yell. Turk was originally written as a male gorilla, but following Rosie O'Donnell's audition, Turk was recharacterized as a female. Good for her. <laughs> Furthermore, Woody Allen Ew was initially cast as the neurotic elephant Tantor. However, Katzenberg persuaded Allen to leave the project for DreamWorks Pictures Ants, and in exchange, the studio would distribute his next four films, Ew. Agreeing to the deal, Allen departed from Tarzan in 1996 and was replaced by Wayne Knight. Newman. I think we should just replace Woody Allen in everything. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of casting, I didn't realize it until we were sitting down to record, but this actually has less people of color in the cast than The Lion King did. Yikes. There's not a single person of color as one of the main characters and in this movie. in Africa. And they're in East Africa, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll talk a little bit about the premiere and the legacy. This premiered um, at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood on June 12, 1999, and was released uh, widely June 16th. It received positive reviews from critics overall, um, praising the voice performances, the music, the animation, and its action. Um, At the time, this was the most expensive traditionally animated film ever made. It held that until Treasure Planet in 2002. Um, This movie was the fifth highest grossing film in 1999, which is largely considered the best year for cinema ever. Um, So that's pretty impressive. Um, It was actually the the second highest rated, um, or second highest grossing animated film behind Toy Story 2. And it was the first uh, animated feature to become number one at the box office since Pocahontas in 1995. It won Academy Awards for the Best Original Song um, by Phil Collins, the You'll Be In My Heart, and had a Broadway um, adaptation, a television series, and two direct-to-DVD follow-ups. We kind of discussed this at the beginning, but this is largely considered the the end of the Disney renaissance. Um, It was a little bit more violent. It, but it still kind of maintained the essential aspects of having music, cutting-edge visuals, celebrity cameos, and small roles. Um, but later, the movies kind of fully embraced CGI, like Dinosaur and Chicken Little, and then even the last couple animated films, um, like Lost Empire, Atlantis, uh, Treasure Planet, were just completely genre pieces. And then you had Lilo and Stitch and The Emperor's New Groove, which were kind of neurotic, over-the-top kind of comedies. So this really was the last one to kind of follow the formula set by the little mermaid oh end of an era it really was and you know now that we've actually watched the film i i definitely do agree with the assessment that this is kind of the end of the disney renaissance because it really was the last one to follow that classic formula um which i'll summarize the movie really quickly right now um classic tarzan story he and his family are marooned um on the coast of east africa he his family gets killed by a jaguar and um the gorillas take him in and raise him as one of his own he's kind of a problem child and kerchak his his um father figure of sorts kind of alienates him and chastises him his whole life uh until the humans come and endanger the the family and once Tarzan saves the family. He's fully accepted into the gorilla family. Pretty much sums it up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to, you know, let's let's start from the beginning. Um, Phil, the movie just hits hard. It starts intense with the Phil Collins song, which I actually think, for the most part, his music really fits with it. You know, the lots pacing. of drums and the pacing and everything. It makes sense. But the opening song is the. Um, 
what, what oh, I can't even think of the lyric, but it's it's like the two worlds, one family. <laughs> it's a little too positive and upbeat for having the family getting killed. And no, it meanders. It builds and it gets dark and then it, it cheers up again. It, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all over. We see a child gorilla killed. I mean, he approached it like any composer would approach a score for a film. He just did it more percussion and vocal driven. Oh no, that's I'm totally on board with that, but the song like the opening is pretty dark and the song is pretty like upbeat and happy like oh, I'm a man of both worlds. I'm learning from the jungle, I'm learning from my family. I'm a mix of both the best, but it, we see a baby gorilla killed, we see his parents killed, we see a family grieving, and we see a baby orphaned. Hey man, <laughs> those drums were heavy. Yeah. Had to match. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's it just rips from the beginning. It does, but at the same time, like it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would the jaguar kill his parents and not like at least eat their the baby. faces and buttocks and fleshy bits and tender little baby? I mean, like, really? Yeah, it didn't really, really make what any was sense. The point? Because That's so much trouble. The the mom, um, what's the mom's name? I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, Kala, voiced by Glenn Close. She's obviously upset because her baby got got the mother gorilla. Um, but she hears Tarzan crying from like. Oh, is that a- why the jaguar's name is Sabor? Like j- it just wanted to taste. Yeah, is that what Sabor means? <laughs> <laughs> but she hears the baby crying from like a mile away, and it's I, like she does. She runs and runs and runs. You see her like going through terrain changes so and altitude. You think it wouldn't be that far from where they live, right? Right. We'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but she runs conservatively for like a couple of miles, climbs this treehouse that's way up a cliff, finds the baby, has a sweet, tender moment. They both look at each other and they grunt, huh? huh? <laughs> um, but then the jaguar just comes down like it was just sleeping, like it was there the whole time. Why would it have not eaten the baby that's crying? Maybe it was tired and wanted to like rest up for it like freshen up a little maybe maybe (laughs) that's the only thing i can think of but uh, uh, there are just so many issues like right out it's so weird the beginning of this film is so well paced and like magical and wonderful but at the same time not a damn thing in it makes any sense like they're shipwrecked and they have all this stuff with them. Like, how do they get it up into the trees? Like, when they first get to shore, you see, like, just them with the clothes on their backs. Where do they get all the supplies needed so, to, like, cut down the trees? Like, how do they hoist them well, in there? I don't get it. Well, he, he had, when they got the little, like, dinghy onto the shore, there was a chest, like a treasure chest, like cartoon treasure chest in there. I mean, it was just a chest. I don't, I, I'm going to assume there wasn't treasure a in trunk. it. A uh, trunk? A trunk, but yeah. <laughs> But so he had that, but they did make an elevator with the the rowboat, or so maybe he used a pulley to get stuff up. I, he I, and his wife, who's holding their infant, the, the whole there's time. a montage of her helping him like move <laughs> logs and. Part of my French. And then uh, Tarzan also doesn't age at any point between them getting marooned and the parents dying, but they've built this elaborate treehouse. I mean, maybe it was just a couple of weeks. I don't know, but. That, that was a huge ship for just the three of them. Didn't There was no crew that survived? No. Yeah, so 
there's there's a few they're, oddities. They're very lucky. <laughs> um, but the uh, the most unbelievable thing about this movie is, um, Kala brings the baby to the tribe. She's like, I'm going to raise this baby, and everyone's like, it's kind of freaky looking, <laughs> it's like bald and whatnot. And Kerchak, the 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 silverback, is like, aren't they all silverback? Well, like so they're the, gorillas living in the a silverback colony. is the leader, like. He's the leader. He's the great. Wait, they're not all the same type of. That no, no, doesn't no, no. Make so any the silverback is the. They're they're the same type of gorilla, but the males tend to have a, sil- a lighter back, and the do- so the silverbacks are tend to be the dominant males. I thought silverback was just the type no, of gorilla. I don't think so. What? But he's he's the silverback. He's the leader. He's the one that's banging all the ape ladies, because that's how gorillas work. Like if a new man takes over the the family he will kill young chimp or not chimps he'll kill young gorillas and then re-impregnate all the women so that way he can make sure that all the children all the resources that he's devoting to protection are for his progeny so there's no way he would take this human baby and not eat and kill it immediately oh for sure for sure let alone all the times that Tarzan accidentally puts the family in jeopardy as a child, like when he does the causes the uh, the elephant stampede, he would have eaten that baby or that kid. I mean, like ten seconds later, the the hippo in the bottom of the lake would have eaten him. Yeah, can I? I'm glad you brought up the hippo thing because <laughs> they're so friendly in this. I want to protect children from Disney's hippo agenda. Yes, because in both The Lion King, Simba's jumping around. The, the hippos, like they're like a platform game. Hippos take no shit. And in this, he swims down and he wiggles its ears at him. And they like, he climbs and he surfs the hippos. Like hippos are the most dangerous creatures in Africa. <laughs> Disney needs to show hippos massacring they something. They kill people like every day. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a problem. It's very irresponsible. Someone's going to go out there and get killed by a hippo trying to jump and surf on it. I think they have bigger problems if they're in Africa and and have no knowledge of this. <laughs> um, one quite one thing that I I said at the beginning while we were watching this and I was proven wrong, but when Kala gets the gets baby Tarzan, she jumps on the the rowboat and it acts like as an elevator and slowly pulls them down. But there's some like slack in the rope that tangles around the jaguar, which is called Simbar. Sabor. Sabor. She tells like there's no way that that cat didn't get strangled and caught up there and starved to death because she later she goes down and tells Kerchak like oh Sabor tried to kill this baby and her and definitely ate his family but then later on that is the jaguar that he killed like 20 years later he's supposed to be 21 and jaguars only live for like 15 years in the wild yeah so he killed a (laughs) geriatric (laughs) jaguar Is that a hate crime? <laughs> I don't know. I hated it. <laughs> oh. um, I do really like how this plays with the physical humor in place of language at the beginning of the film. Because obviously, you know, baby Tarzan can't talk. Yeah. And the montage, do we even hear the parents speak at no, all? Not once. Not once. So there's no, there's no English. There's no vocalization. And then you've just got animals making noises at this baby, which is... Yeah, until he's like the five, six-year-old Tarzan, and then he's everybody's speaking English. And Um, everything's flowing through that beginning scene, like the entire time until, um, what's her name? Kala. Until Kala gets him back to 
the gorilla's colony. Um, it's all just noises and like physical comedy and slapstick kind of it's stuff. It's universal. I love it. Um, let's see. So like we can, you, you can stop me if there's anything that you want to really talk about, but we see him being a little outsider. He wants to play with Turk. Turk is his friend, but also wants to still hang out with the gorillas and not be looked down upon for hanging out with the human. Um, so they convince him to go, like, they basically haze him and say, you need to go get an elephant hair um, if you want to hang out with us. And he causes a stampede that almost kills everybody. Um, but then he just decides at that point where he needs to be the best and the fastest. So we get like another montage. Like we get a montage of the family building the, the tent or the, the shelter. We get the baby dying and everything. And then we get about five minutes of movie with dialogue. And then we get another montage of him learning how to swing and climb and building spears, but also showing his human dominance with his brain because he starts making shelters in addition to making the weapons, like he starts tying up trees so they can actually like sleep without getting rain. This movie has like five montages in it. It's yeah. pretty crazy. It's like this movie's short. It's like an hour and a half with 14 minutes of credits. So it's only like an hour and 15 minutes because they masterfully compacted conservatively 20 years of legend into three or four montages let's face it it's all like a surfer bro phil collins music video punctuated by a few little like what do you call it Cutscenes. yeah like little vignettes <laughs> little vignettes in between <laughs> one one of the things that i thought was really funny was you know there you always have to suspend your disbelief with things like this because they're speaking english um and this one is all white people and they're animals with eyebrows they're animals with eyebrows they're all white <laughs> wayne knight newman uh plays the the elephant tantor um but there's a point where they're talking about he thinks that tarzan's a piranha and they're like one of the elephants goes there's no piranhas in africa and someone's <laughs> like there absolutely are piranhas in africa and one How person's like know? actually no they're actually native to the amazon and then they they see Tarzan. Tell and that to the lemurs that are present in our jungle that are supposedly only in Madagascar. Right. Uh, see the, lemurs and a papaya in this. Excuse me. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but he ends up pulling on the tail and the one guy goes, oh my God, there's a piranha. And then in my butt kind of thing. It's really funny. <laughs> but it's just, I thought it was hilarious because this is supposed to be the late 1800s. There's no education for elephants. Is How would they even know about 1911? Maybe at the end, at the beginning, it's like eighteen eighty eight. Oh right, like when yeah. when they first get shot. Yeah, so yeah. when he's a kid, it's like the eight, late eighteen hundreds, and then yeah, it's nineteen eleven when he's an adult. Got it. But how do these elephants know anything about the Amazon? <laughs> I mean, they speak English. <laughs> yeah. Well, sp speaking of English, um, I think we should just start transitioning to his adult part of the story, unless you have anything. Jane, uh, voiced by English woman. Mini driver. Is she English? Yeah, she's English. So. Um, but what's interesting, I'm glad you brought up the fact that she's English and her father's English and Clayton's English. He learns how to speak English from three English people, but has an American accent. <laughs> and he learns really freaking fast. Yeah. Like Did a we matter of weeks. Like how long they're even there in I total? I think they had like two weeks or something like that. But he's like understanding the concept of names within 30 seconds. <laughs> He understands names right away. Um, 
But the thing is, he has an American accent. So apparently the original plan was going to be he has an American accent when he's talking to the animals and an English accent when talking to the humans so we can differentiate. But the actor could not do a British accent. So they just did the American accent all the way through. How did he get this? Like he couldn't do the accent. He couldn't Couldn't do do the the yell. yell. (laughs) (laughs) Who? I don't want to say. What's interesting is... We we you brought up the fact that it was almost um, Brendan Fraser right. who played he got George of the Jungle instead. It's almost like they cast this poor guy to emulate Brendan Fraser's voice. Yeah, like they were like, oh, we like the idea of Brendan Fraser, but we don't want him to be Tarzan and George of the Jungle, and we he's physically can do George of the Jungle rather him do that. But he auditioned for this before he did George of the Jungle, which ironically came Came out out in 97 and this didn't come out till 99. Yeah, because live action movies are shot much faster than animated films He was big at the time too. Maybe he was expensive. But this would have been, he would have started this before George of the Jungle Mm. if he got it. Because this started in 1995 and released in 99. Damn. The anim- the hand-drawn animated stuff was always like four to five years of development. So it's interesting, but I get it. Like if you had the opportunity, if you were like Michael Eisner and whoever the head of the movies for Disney at the time was, you go, we can put Brendan Fraser as Tarzan or we can take this good-looking hunk of a man and make him do George of the Jungle. Right. He can do the voice and do the physicality of it. I mean, they made the right decision. They did. Um, I just think it's interesting that honestly <laughs> that no one kills Tarzan as a baby. Yeah. Like do you know what gorillas do to albino gorillas? They ostracize them and beat the shit out of them. And that's like, you know, a human would smell horrible to them. So th- there's not even like any kind of personalization or you know like when our cats look at us, they get the same serotonin boost that we do when we look at them cuz they're cute. Like I don't I don't think gorillas feel that when they look at us. Well, no, but they do have an emotional attachment because they, um, there was that famous gorilla who made, became friends with Robin Williams. And when somebody told them that Robin Williams passed away, the gorilla got really, really sad. And oh, was I like, thought that was a chimp. No, it was a gorilla. Oh. Yeah. Gorillas absolutely care. Don't <laughs> undermine their emotional intelligence. Yeah, but what if you'd like, what if you were a gorilla who had never seen a human? Oh, no, you would absolutely beat them to a and pulp. And you were like presented <laughs> with a tiny one that had itself like yeah so did they wipe the baby's ass i think it probably would have just free like a gorilla (laughs) baby would do they like clean them so okay so like mother cats when they have super teeny tiny babies they have to like lick their privates to get them to go so they're like eating it but it's also like the way that the baby knows maybe it's just like that coffee do gorillas do the same thing (laughs) i don't know i don't know anything are like you talking co- about the coffee that's like <laughs> eaten by those animals and then, then they poop it yeah, out? And then, and we, then we brew it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been derailed. I think we need to talk about Jane. <laughs> yeah, Jane. Um, mini Jane, driver. J- kind of foolhardy. Foolhardy little hussy. Well, like right at the beginning, they're hacking through the jungle. Clayton's got this big machete. They're, he's like obviously agitated. They know they're near gorillas. You'd think she'd have some vague understanding of how dangerous a gorilla could be seeing as her father is studying them and like probably at the forefront of gorilla studies but they've ne- neither of them have ever seen jolly one. old england and yet she just wanders off on her own immediately which to is how she finds this ape man and honestly like let's be real tarzan is 22 years old 21 yeah i think 
he's only been slapping gorilla cheeks this whole point. He sees that smooth, hairless flesh. Like, he's getting it in in 10 seconds. Yeah. How are we supposed to believe he's just, like, interacting with her and not just, like, trying to mount her immediately? Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you know, take into account human human (laughs) instincts pretty terrible. Um, But... He, you know, there's a really great scene. She's like sketching a monkey, little baby baboon, and the bamboos attack baboos, bamboo baboons, <laughs> baboons, baboons attack her, <laughs> attack her, and they you get this like really great scene, which is hilarious because it, it's it's a little sexist, but it's hilarious. I'm sorry, but the scene like he's like rescuing her, and she keeps like covering his face and like grabbing onto things and throwing off the equilibrium and he starts immediately making really annoyed faces because he's like this is not worth the headache i don't know i think i'd be pretty sexually motivated if i were tarzan yeah. at that point in my life like, but then like you gonna put in the work but he's like <laughs> he he ends up getting out of distance as far away makes a tree fall down and it takes all the baboons down but there's a baboon floating down on her parasol holding the baby and the baby's like talking about the drawing that she made and then (laughs) tarzan looks super annoyed and flabbergasted and somehow understand the monkey understood the concept of a drawing and a portrait and wanted the portrait back right and so he goes and grabs the portrait from her hands it to her and like looks at her like she was an idiot (laughs) (laughs) there's also like at one point they're swinging and this baboon attaches to her leg and is like Gnawing on it. Gnawing on her ankle. (laughs) Somehow her stockings are fine. She's completely uninjured. But like everyone spontaneously heals. Those were boots, not stockings apparently. Well, everyone else spontaneously heals in this movie because Sabor, although I I don't know, like maybe Sabor is some kind of like mythical jaguar considering it lives 25% longer than it's supposed to. Oh no, 50% longer. What? It was supposed to be 15 and it was at least 20. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> so we've got a magic jaguar. We've got, you know, maybe Tarzan has a hormonal issue. So he's got like the, the dreadlock hair. That's fine. A lot can go wrong with your endocrine system before you lose your head hair. But this explains why he's not all up in Jane immediately. And he doesn't have any body hair, nor does he have a beard. Yeah. Let's deal with that. He's missing his balls, man. <laughs> There's no other way. I th- I haven't seen Tarzan. That's why he was two. so free with the swinging. Because there was a Tarzan and Jane movie, a Tarzan two. No risk. Well, of maybe injury. he fell so many times learning how to do that. He just got mutilated. Uh, although, if you're, okay, from falling. if you're like swinging on vines, like the one, the vine could slap and like wrap around one and just rip it clean off. Well, he's also look at how often. Okay, <laughs> you and I both love a good failing video or Men somebody can getting injure hurt. their testicles yeah. just commuting so in a car but look, how many times <laughs> on instagram a day do you see a skateboarder or a kid on a bike or razor scooter attempt to grind a rail and then testicles across the rail okay so tarzan's a eunuch we've cracked this right. wide open so how many times it do make, you think he did oh, that so sliding he only on the vines? wants to be with jane for companionship oh what That's a guy so sweet <laughs> um that's just precious. So I, I feel honest, totally different about this movie now. Th- I brought it up earlier. This movie's super short. <laughs> like this movie just rips. Like I thought the relationship with Jane and the father, Professor Porter, and Clayton goes a lot longer. But it's like a three to five minute montage of him learning English, learning 
you know, showing getting their trust, showing them animals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like it just goes so fast. Like Jane is not really that important in the movie other than not really. <laughs> like she's just set up to be motivation for him to go to England. Yeah. At the beginning, then they end up deciding to stay. But they I mean even at the end of the movie, like she doesn't do anything to help save the day. Like she's just there like Hey man, you're already in this like prison. Maybe you should just like cut your losses. <laughs> and then Turk and Tantor free him and then he goes and saves his family. You know, he gets This part was pretty cool. I actually really like this, but um Clayton shoots Tarzan, but it, he like dodges and it grazes his arm and he's about to fire a kill shot and Kurchak sacrifices himself and saves Tarzan. And when Tarzan and Clayton are fighting, like there's a point where Clayton just punches Tarzan and his, his shot arm and he's just like ah <laughs> <laughs> but it's smart like I thought that was a, like that's pretty dark for Clayton a Disney fights movie dirty. he fights dirty well and Clayton is like he's a great villain because he's so unremorseful like yeah at the end of his whole fight with Tarzan towards the end of the movie he he doesn't like beg and plead with him he doesn't get scared of dying no not at he's all he's just like aggressively like continuing on he follows like tarzan is bear climbing this tree with his bare hands and clayton who's never been a jungle man is just like i'm gonna go fight this guy in his element and right. follows him up a tree and he goes like 500 feet in the air well and you'd think like um what's the dad's name professor porter you'd think professor porter would get some weird vibes about this guy who's like Who's like very obviously focused on finding these gorillas, but for like what motivation, you know? Yeah. Like, how is the dad so dumb <laughs> that he doesn't see this? Where did he not see all the cages on the boat? Right. Does Jane not <laughs> see this? I think like Jane and her dad are just, they're a little, they're a little out there. I do enjoy the scene where, um, Jane convinces Tarzan to take her back to the camp. They get to the camp and the animals just, completely trash it oh yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> they destroy absolutely everything and jane seems completely unbothered by this no she was excited <laughs> she was so excited it was exciting for for her and her father so but her father was also like cool with her running around in her underwear with this dude in a loincloth yeah um, well i guess he had no balls so that yeah. makes sense but now so, like at the end of the movie um Tarzan has to stay because he's now the alpha because Kurchak was like, hey, man, you were my son. I was a dick. I'm sorry. You're now the leader. He doesn't shed a tear when Kurchak No, dies, he doesn't. Though. He doesn't. It's very like it. It's a very animalistic takeover yeah. in that scene. And, and so, you kind of wonder if Tarzan's just going to go full ape. So this brings me to my point. <laughs> I was going to. So uh, he has to stay. So Jane and the professor are going. And then he's just like. You love this ape man. Go out into the wilderness. Get pregnant. Don't <laughs> go somewhere where there's See no how medical. That goes. <laughs> where there's no medical resources. <laughs> You'll be I. And then he decides to go. And then there's the famous scene where people have been making fun of and it for twenty years. And then who decides to go where? Right. Finish your sentence. So I was. So they they decide to stay. Um, we get the famous clip where Tarzan's holding a vine with his butt cheeks because he's holding Jane in two arms and <laughs> swinging around. But you brought up him becoming the fully animal dominant. Jane is going to have to watch him clap cheeks with gorillas to maintain his dominance. That is true. There's just no way it doesn't happen. She's going to be stepmom to like 
80 gorilla children. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think he'll be able to procreate with the right. gorillas, but she's gonna definitely going to have to watch him so do it. So in the end, they're all just going to die because he established dominance and he's a human eunuch. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah, that family's done because unless he lets one of the other male apes be the dominant ape, they're not going to want to listen to him and like they're not truly dominant even if they get a clap all the cheeks. <laughs> But if they have to take orders from him, they're not truly dominant. So he's kind of like... He also can't impregnate any of them. Yeah. So (laughs) it's a completely different dynamic. It just keeps getting worse. (laughs) And weirder. (laughs) 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 When you look at it from an anthropomorphic... Not anthropomorphic. (laughs) Okay, but then when he does decide that he's going to go to England, he somehow, for the first time in his damn life finds oh no the, the mom takes him there yes because she takes him he, he the first time in his life he sees the treehouse that his parents were killed in he finds his dad's suit and somehow it fits him and it's perfectly crisp and and, and straightened and ironed and everything was his dad like I, there weren't even really bodybuilders of that size back then no <laughs> and he was rich he had the rich person mustache <laughs> he, did. he had a suit a nice suit. They were rich. Uh, still don't know how he fit into it. No, he wouldn't have. And it, no moths or moisture damage or right. anything. It's not it was moldy at all. Firmly pressed, posh suit. Out of a treehouse with yeah. no windows or doors. Yeah. It's insane. Adds up. And, and it just doesn't make sense that he never stumbled across it. Because there is a point where he's like, you never told me that there were creatures that look like me. And it's like, there's no way he didn't find that treehouse right? and see that. And there's pictures. He's surfing all over the trees. And she never showed him the picture. She understood what a picture was. We've also established that a baby baboon <laughs> understands the concept of a sketch. Portraiture. And she picked up the picture at the movie and was like, oh, yeah, those are the parents. Look, there's the baby. She put it all together. He would have understood the concept of a photograph. Yep. Call is awful. <laughs> Terrible mother. Um, one thing I did love about this movie, though, was the scenery. Yeah, it was really and, pretty. You know, it is strange because it does have, like every Disney movie of this era, there are scenes where some of the character animation isn't as good. And sometimes there are scenes where like certain angles and certain characters look good and certain other ones don't. So I'm wondering like if it's the different artists involved there. Yeah. But what was really gorgeous about this film was the scenery. And because they actually wanted to integrate tarzan's like surfing motions through the trees into these wide shots like showing the full yeah. forest but apparently this film led to the development of a 3d painting and rendering technique known as deep canvas a term coined by the artist slash engineer eric daniels and this allows artists to produce cgi backgrounds that look like traditional paintings according to art director daniel saint pierre oh interesting so after that deep canvas was utilized in films like atlantis the lost empire and treasure planet and in 2003 disney actually received an academy award for developing the deep canvas technology oh interesting so i mean like in some ways this is the first you see of these like really really beautiful lush backgrounds that feel integrated into the animation that we didn't really see before right because the cg in like aladdin was definitely different like when the line when the sand 
temple thing changes right. and the lava they live in two different, different worlds yeah exactly and this integrated it and you know it's like the closing of the disney renaissance chapter but it's also at the same time because of this deep canvas technique is like the birth of the whole next wave of disney films right so Absolutely. i really love that about it i think it's beautiful no it's a fantastic film like i do you have anything else to say or should we start wrapping up no nope. um so i i really enjoyed this movie it was very short um I definitely see why why it made a lot of money, but also doesn't. St- I don't want to say it doesn't stand the test of time because I really enjoyed it. Like to answer the question, no, it did not ruin my childhood. Hang um, on, did Jane's dad stay too? Yeah, he stays. Because we get a shot of him in like a he was in a loincloth too, swinging <laughs> as well. There's no way that man had the upper body strength. No, 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 no. And then Clayton gets hanged, which was really graphic, surprising. Yeah. And you see wonder, his legs with the lightning shadows swaying. Well, apparently there were several scenes that needed to be altered for release in places like Germany to receive the all ages, right. like non-restriction. I wonder if that's one of them because that's like the probably the most violent villain well, death that we see. Yeah, in th- that was definitely. And, well, even the killing of um, uh, Sabar, like he's got the spear. He like you actually see blood. Sabor. He's Sabor scratches Sabor, and you see a little blood spurt. And then he gets clawed and you see the blood for a second and then it miraculously heals. But right. like that fight was pretty like he's hiding in the, the vines and the roots of the trees and it's whatnot. Edgy. And like the spear breaks and then we don't see it. But the jaguar jumps on him and he pulls the broken spear just the tip up and stabs him right as he lands on him. But they like cut so you don't actually see that. But I'm wondering that was probably one of the cut scenes. It's pretty jarring. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I enjoyed this. It didn't ruin my childhood, but I can see why this one doesn't get the same acclaim that Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid got. I think so much of it is that you start to get this sense that um, Tarzan is just figuring out like who he is in his community and as an individual and then these English people come along and completely turn that on Upside its head. Down. And that's just, it, it's strange. It kind of disconnects you from the character a little bit because you're still trying to get to know him. And then all this other stuff happens in between and suddenly his life is completely different. So I don't know that we like necessarily get to bond with Tarzan in the same way that we did with other Disney protagonists right. of this time. Because like... I mean, he's without language yeah. a lot of the time for us. Like once the, the other humans are there, he's basically mute for part of it. Yeah. And then he's kind of infantilized. We get a little bit of the born hot yesterday yeah. <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, reversal of our last episode, Fifth Element. <laughs> and that, that always distances you from a character. Yeah. So well, like that is strange that that he is the central character and yet there's such a big barrier between him and the audience. Yeah, that's interesting because like I was thinking about it while we were watching it because they're do- they're currently in the pre-production phase of the Hercules live action remake. Um, it's going to be Guy Ritchie directing it. Um, the Russo brothers are producing it. Um, they haven't really announced any casting for it yet, but I was thinking about that. I actually kind of want to rewatch the Hercules cartoon but I don't know if I would go back to this one anytime soon. But I like Hercules was the other animated Disney film that we've covered. And I really enjoyed that. Like it was really fun. Like I think that was a more fun movie than this one was. Yeah, let's add one more note. 
What's the name of the author again? Edgar Rice Burrow. I can't. I had his grandson's name in here, but I can't find it. Um, have you actually read Tarzan? I've never read Tarzan, no. I read it when I was like 13 or 14. And this is like one of the most widely adapted stories yeah. ever. Apparently, there were like 47 different films that came out before this one, but this was the first animated. animated Tarzan. And because of that, it's really the only one that visually looks the way um, Edgar Rice Burroughs actually described Tarzan's movements. Right. He, you know, described them as like smooth and flowing and agile. And so this was actually like the favorite iteration of Burroughs' own grandson. Oh, that's said, great. Like it actually like really captured his vision in a way that no other film adaptation had before. So that's pretty cool that like, like what a gift that yeah. a children's movie can do that for no, that's amazing. long dead novelist. I'm just thinking of like, I've only seen, I never saw the newer one that came out a few years ago with Margot like Robbie. 2016? Yeah, the Alexander Skarsgård. Never saw that one. I remember one that I saw as a kid that had Christopher Lambert from Highlander. But they're always like the choreography is just not there. They didn't really have the technical prowess to make right. it look good. I don't even know that we do now. I mean, we got Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Tarzan's just a different thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, the I, physics are totally it's, different. It's, it's tricky, like how you make it believable and so human. Like, and, and you don't have any spandex covering whoever the actor is. Like, yeah. It's just, it's technically impossible to Alex, shoot this as live action. I know Alexander Skarsgård hated it because to be as ripped as you need to be to be Tarzan, you have to be very unhealthy and dehydrated. And so they tried to get him to do reshoots and they're like, you need to get back into your Tarzan Hell weight. No. And he, he refused. He said, you guys are going to CGI that Good. because I cannot get to that that fast. It's unhealthy. And it's unhealthy. So he flat out refused to do it. I just don't understand like with how much CGI we're doing already, why can you not put some freaking tracking dots on these poor men? And put... Yeah, CGI, CGI muscle. CGI their damn muscles. That's what they did for Nick Cage and Ghost Rider. They should. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not healthy. No. Nope. None of it's healthy. No. Nope. For like like I mean, I feel like there's this standard where men maybe not all men, but there's this stupid idea that if you are an action star or you're like portraying someone who's traditionally insanely masculine that you have to look like dehydrated Hugh Jackman bursting out of that water tank is Wolverine and he was miserable that day yeah well <laughs> you know you're right what's weird is because, like, there was a lot of criticism for a few years because you had in the during the 80s and early 90s it was Stallone Dolph Lundgren Arnold and that was the ideal action hero you know um, and that's what happens with the male gaze, because like we've shown, but that went away for a bit when you had you had uh, Colin Farrell starting to do action movies, Matt Damon doing action movies, even Christian Bale uh, as for a while. They weren't incredibly jacked. Like Matt Damon wasn't taking his shirt off for Born, yeah, kind of thing. But now it's gone reverse. You have to like Benedict Cumberbatch had to get ripped for Doctor Strange. Like they still give him a shirtless scene in every one of these Doctor Strange movies and there's no need for it. He's a magician wizard man. Yeah. It's it's toxic masculinity. Yep. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I haven't asked you your actual opinion, but does this ruin your childhood? No. No. I mean, like it totally changes my opinion of the film, 
but I don't think it ruins it for me. I think there are certain things I enjoy even more about it. The absurdity of everything, like the fact that I've now established that Tarzan is a eunuch. Baron. I mean, it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> I feel enlightened, really. There we go. We cracked it. <laughs> How about you? No, I, I, I enjoyed this. I, I see why it hasn't been as big as some of the other ones, but... If I had to go back and watch this or Hercules, I'd probably watch Hercules again before I'd watch this again. But I, I did enjoy it. I mean, like, I'm I'm looking at this photo of Tarzan right now, and he's crouched over to the side. His loincloth is hanging. there. There's no package hanging down. Like, that would be all balls right there. <laughs> she's she's there's just nothing right there. under his, his butt. There's nothing there. Poor guy. Yeah, it's fine. But he doesn't know the difference. He doesn't know. Unless he sees his father-in-law. Yeah, but he's an old man. <laughs> we watched that documentary. There's a documentary. I don't remember what it was called, but about this guy. They um, he, they had a collection of like every animal's penis, but they didn't have a human. And so there was this one guy who wanted his preserved. And oh, there was like also competing. an old guy. And they were competing. But the, the old guy was going to end up missing out because apparently it shrinks every year after you get to a certain age <laughs> um so yeah no he's he's fine uh, i mean maybe he saw clayton's why would he see clayton's because he was learning how to groom and everything and like clayton was would have had to like shower or bathe at some point i don't know <laughs> let's let's stop talking about let's this, this and wrap this up where can our <laughs> listeners find you i'm all over the internet at katrina Ossity. yeah <laughs> You guys could check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at MDX Pods. You can support the show at patreon.com slash MDX Pods. And we're also on YouTube. Check it out. Um, it's just another way to listen. Please like and subscribe on there so we can get our personalized name on there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and But yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We're so sorry.